0: This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is August the 2nd, 2019. Strong hand, long-term thinking, value your wealth in Bitcoin, five-digit realm, in motion, Personal responsibility is a new counterculture. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Offended by selling. Don't FOMO on altcoins. Okay, so here he is. Simon Dixon is back on the show. We got a one-on-one this week in Bitcoin. Simon, welcome back. Thanks for having me again, Adam. Always a pleasure to be here. All right, so let's uh, jump into it. I think it was yesterday or the day, no, two days ago. The last of the United States crypto hearings for now. (laughs) Um, What's your take on... uh, you you heard and uh, watched some of these hearings. Uh, will Facebook be able to get their way? That's the bottom line. Are they going to be able to get their Libra? Is the United States going to give in? Um,
1: I don't think the United States needs to give in. It's just a question of whether U.S. will be able to participate or not, which seems to be the way that crypto is going right now. There's like the rest of the world and then there's the U.S. and the U.S. are deciding whether they want to be a part of it or not or whether companies need to relocate. So many of our um, Many of our portfolio companies, like Circle, they've relocated Poloniex to Bermuda, uh, Bahamas, I think, um, and Abra, another company, relocating outside the US or or restricting using it from the US. Um, and if the if Facebook has to launch their own cryptocurrency and use the wallet in order from Switzerland and use the wallet to restrict US people, then that's probably the path it would take if. US regulators decide that they don't want this to be. It's a question of, um, you know, the, there's international competition, we have global jurisdictions, and you either try and fight the trend or you try and support the trend. And if you fight the trend, um, people, then the innovation goes offshore and, um, and then you end up giving all your data overseas. It's kind of like when China banned all the exchanges um, they all just went to Korea, Japan, and uh, to Korea, Japan, and people that put together regulatory structures ended up collecting all the data for the exchanges. And so I believe that um, Facebook is shaking up the world with this project. They quite rightly put it out of Switzerland for a reason. Um, and the Facebook hearings just and the cryptocurrency hearings show why uh, they were right to, to do this out of Switzerland. And, um, you know, they also, these hearings just show why Bitcoin exists because the decentralized nature of Bitcoin is the reason why Satoshi Nakamoto is not in the hearing right now, explaining himself and Bitcoin's not getting shut down. So uh, it's great. It's, 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 I've really enjoyed seeing that all these conversations move to the front of the world, Facebook shake up the world. And regulators and everyone around the world being forced to, okay, we can't brush this aside anymore. We've got to decide what we're going to do. And if we make the wrong decision, it may determine the future of our country and its competitiveness.
0: And its competitiveness. Bottom line, you see Libra happening? Uh, I think it will happen, yeah. Okay, because there are some people who I guess are putting, making the uh, United States the be-all that ends-all they, they think it's not going to happen because after what they saw, they think there's going to be too much regulate, regulatory scrutiny. Um, but you're saying, who cares what the United States says? They've got a backup plan where they could do it outside of the United States.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We have competing jurisdictions now, and that's the beautiful part of this world.
0: I just – I believe it is going to happen. I believe it is going to happen. But I don't think they're going to cross the United States. I think – they're going to do whatever it takes to follow the rules of the United States, and the taste that I got from that hearing is that there's some pockets of of the United States government uh, that's going to want to make them jump through all sorts of ridiculous hoops. And again, I, I believe they should be able to do this. I, 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 you know, I don't think Facebook is the greatest company in the world, but that's you know that's my opinion. And but they should. I, I think this is a lesson to the world that it's not just countries that can produce uh, currency. And if the if the the United States gonna let this happen so easily that that's what keeps going through my head. Like this is an earth changing event we're talking about here, Simon, if this really happens.
1: Absolutely, I mean, this is, look, US are gonna make a decision at the end. They either give all the data offshore, they either let Telegram do it and give Russia all the data, or they let WeChat do it and get China all the data. Or they let Facebook do it and they collect all the data globally and become a bank for the world. And uh, they'll probably back it by the dollar. So, you, you know, the pushing back on this is only going to drive everything outside of the country. Um, and uh, they just need to accept that, the, that we are in a, a multi-currency world. If they let JP Morgan crave their coin and then they say Facebook can't, essentially this is just... A reallocation of power. So I don't think it's a regulatory thing. This is Silicon Valley taking on Wall Street and Wall Street using lobbyist power in order to make sure that Silicon Valley doesn't take on Wall Street.
0: Did you have any positive or negative takeaways you'd like to share about what you saw from the hearings? Anything that shocked you?
1: Um, well, I mean, there was all the comical stuff, you know, we got the viral videos of talking about shitcoins coins and uh, everything. I mean, it, it, was just, it was just a very comical affair. Um, it was a real big week for crypto. It was a real big time. Um, and, uh, you know, it just shows that, uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but how ignorant the people that are part of our banking committees are in terms of just banking, let alone cryptocurrencies. Um, and, you know, the, the, they've got so far that the people that are going to make the decisions of this are not the people that understand this topic. Um, but I think it was great to see the range of different thoughts. Um, some people comparing cryptocurrency to the innovation of Osama bin Laden uh, was very comical. And uh, and other people saying Bitcoin's here to stay. It can't be stopped. There's nothing you can do. Uh, we either embrace it or, or we just get eaten alive by Bitcoin. And I think it was just great to see the complete range of different thoughts. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just a, it was just great exposure for the industry. Move, move everything forward. Move all the conversations. forward.
0: All right. So we're going to, if when Libra happens, this will be the first major corporate coin. I mean, that's the only way I can assume it, I can call it. And I assume after that, there is going to be a lot of other companies that are going to try to do this. Um, do, do you see the floodgates opening if this gets approved? Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: you know, if, if, if Facebook follows the model, then we're going to enter into a world of tech companies having cryptocurrencies, uh, banks having cryptocurrencies, central banks having cryptocurrencies. Everyone's going to be competing and, and everyone's
0: going to want a piece of the pie. I mean, uh, you, we're gonna you just said compete. that. You said that so incredibly calmly, but I need to point out to everyone that the whole freaking world is going to change a- a- after, after this. I mean, this is an earth-shattering type of thing. I mean, some of these third world country currencies, I mean, there will be corporations, their currencies will be worth so much more than these third world countries. I mean, there's going to be a power shift. I mean, it's its very, it's hard to understand what the world is going to look like in 10 years if in, in two years, we've got a bunch of corporate coins out there. It's, it's yeah it's amazing. I mean, can, can you see on coin market cap, uh, Bitcoin not being number one in terms of uh, market cap anymore because one of these corporate coins manipulates the uh, supply uh, so that they're number one?
1: Uh, that can happen. So it's going to be interesting to see what all, all the statistics, statistics have and how they adjust to it. You know, I mean, that was happening during the ICO boom. You know, people were just printing up tokens and. Um, releasing a certain amount of them, and uh, that was changed. You know, I mean, XRP is another example of that. You know, um, so it already happened on that scale. I'm sure it's going to happen on on the corporate scale. These are
0: all XRP's, basically. I mean, in a well, uh, <laughs> backed by legitimate companies, though. Uh, I mean, they're going to be they're going to print a bunch of money out of thin air, uh, centrally controlled by a corporation which is similar to, to XRP. Thus, I mean, these are successful corporations. They're going to know how to market themselves. And the way you market yourself is you get listed in that top 10 in, on coin market cap. And so, uh, I mean, I if this really happens soon, uh, I, I foresee the top 10 being like all corporate coins eventually, and maybe with Bitcoin up there too. Still, Bitcoin obviously being the best. Uh, and, and at that point, you know, all the insiders will understand that market cap is – not a real good measurement of a, of a coin, but I, I think the corporate coins will take advantage of, of the current situation over there on coin market cap and, and try to manipulate it. So, uh, but uh, we're interesting, it, this is very, I, I'm glad to hear your opinion on this, that you, you're, Libra's gonna happen and then all the rest are gonna follow, so. We shall see. Uh, w- w- I think a lot more will happen
1: before Libra. I think um, the other countries are going to try and get in before, uh, before it. And so, I mean, WeChat hasn't launched their cryptocurrency yet, but they already disrupted cash in China. And, um, you know, we- WeChat literally had such a huge impact in China. You don't, you don't pay your taxi in China with cash. You pay with WeChat. Uh, when they launch their own cryptocurrency, uh, you know, th- that's instantly going to be, could even be bigger than Facebook.
0: This is true, and I'm glad you can give us this Asian perspective. Uh, we sometimes forget uh, what's going on over there. One, uh, yeah, a comp- You're right. A, a company there could just jump ahead. They don't have to. They probably don't have to go through as much as uh, Libra. It seems to have to go through here in the uh, well in the United States. So, uh, good point about that. It is it is earth shattering. By the way, I didn't mention this before we, we spoke, but uh, there was there was news the other day that a major bank in China uh listed uh on on a website said how to use cryptocurrency to its uh users did you hear about that at all i, I missed that one adam there's so much going on right now it's it's like you just can't keep up with everything and but that's the, that's the thing in china it back in our day back in the day back in 2016 if there would have been news out of china like that you know china was the thing if a bank in china was talking cryptocurrency back in the day um 2016 uh it would have been the biggest news and everybody would but it was just a it was a story that i i heard in passing at the beginning of the week so uh uh, that is that is an interesting perspective and we used to i can remember conversations with you just we were talking you know china made it illegal again or china banned it again and it's uh the world has moved on from uh being well the crypto world has moved on from being fixated on uh whatever comes out of china Yeah, the first,
1: first, um, for those of you who don't know the background, in 2013, the Chinese government, well, the Chinese TV released a documentary on Bitcoin, um, which drove the first real speculative frenzy within Bitcoin, or one of the first speculative frenzies. Um, And the way that TV works in China is you don't get on TV as a documentary unless the government want you to be there. So a lot of people were speculating on whether the China politically were allowing Bitcoin to go on TV and drive adoption as a hedge um, to try and uh, compete with the, the dollar or have different, you know, create some kind of disruption within the dollar. And then they banned it, then they didn't ban it, then they banned it, then they didn't ban it, then they banned exchanges. And, they, and you know, and it's just uh, Ch- the, the China's relationship with Bitcoin has just been a, a, a constant to and fro since 2013.
0: Well, you know, something that Bitcoin has not experienced yet and which doesn't have that much to do with China, is a Fed rate cut. Until the other day, <laughs> the Fed cut rates. And this is the first time this has happened in, during Bitcoin's life. The last Fed rate cut was beforehand. So what's your take on it? What's it going to do to Bitcoin, if anything? I
1: mean, it's really significant that the fact that the stock markets are at all-time highs. Um, we've got, you know, these, these markets that, are, that are, are really pumping into new-time highs. Everything is allegedly um, as it should be. Uh, Trump says the dollar is going to be here forever as the strongest currency in the world um and it will always be and never change, despite the fact that every fifty years current world dominated currencies always change um and uh yet they are cutting rates so uh, that's a very bearish sign uh for the economy and for whether things are actually you know going. Uh, uh, to plan in terms of where we are right now. Um, the US government said that their, the Treasury Finance Minister, um, he said that they've hit $22, $22 trillion of debt in the States. And if they don't raise the debt ceiling in September, then they, they can't meet their liabilities and they can't actually uh, meet their obligations. So literally, the, the, the US um, debt cycle is at its all-time high, at the point where they run out of money in September. Everything's meant to be okay. The stock markets are at new all-time highs, um, and they're now cutting um, interest rates in order to get more people into debt uh, because it's a debt-based economy. And so if they cut interest rates, people can start borrowing more. Um, Companies can start borrowing more, and the government can roll over their debt a bit more and make their debt a bit cheaper um, by cutting interest rates. Uh, it's a classic definition of a bondsy. scheme.
0: <laughs> well, do you think, so there's going to be more money flowing around now uh, because people aren't going to yeah. keep their money in the bank because the rates are going uh, lower. Uh, do you see some of this money flowing in the Bitcoin?
1: I mean, absolutely. There's a fight, you know, it, there's an institutional fight for yield at the moment. Uh, nothing is yielding. Um, they're getting negative returns from bonds. Uh, lending to the government is a, is a foolish way to actually invest funds at the moment. Uh, stock markets are, you know, really feeling like they're overheated. Um, there's there's no justification because it's all fueled by debt consumption. You know, all these companies and all these corporations, everybody's buying on credit cards, everybody's owning their home on mortgages. Um, everyone's in, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, month to month, with the exception of the top 1%, which own all the assets that are benefiting um, from that, but... You know, the, the, the economy is not in a good place at all. It's, it's perpetuated by quantitative easing, um, excessive levels of debt that are completely unsustainable, and the belief that they never have to repay that debt, and therefore the lower, um, the, the, the you know, the more you debase your, your money, um, the people are banking on their debt just being pardoned, disappearing with the banking system. Um, I do think that these stablecoins and uh, digital currencies, we talked about it many times on the show, are gonna be used to bail out the banking system when the next systemic risk event happens, which I believe is very close.
0: Um, you actually, uh, on a show of yours, you mentioned this uh, scenario happening in Japan, I believe, that they're already preparing for this, you think?
1: Uh, so that yeah, the countries that are in the highest levels of debt that are creating um, good regulatory structures uh, for cryptocurrency exchanges um, and have them uh, are in a position where they want to do some kind of you know, uh, redistribution. Um, I think Japan's perfectly positioned to try and capture a lot of that. Um, a lot of that and a lot of countries are developing their cryptocurrencies right now and I believe that it's all a hedge so that when banks go bust, people don't lose their money, they just replace it with a digital wallet um, so that you when they can let the bank go bust, and then you just download a wallet, which would be a digital representation created by the central bank uh, with all these financial technology companies uh, building on top. And uh, I think I think we're going to have like one of the really, really big um, systemic risk event that's going to be you uh, blockchain and all these stable coins and cryptocurrencies is going to be used to bail out the system. Um, and then Bitcoin just chugs along as a fixed money supply, um, encouraging savings and rewarding people for, um, for moving into a savings-based
0: economy and away from a debt-based economy. Now, we're talking about corporate coins. We've talked about stable coins. We're talking about countries preparing to jump into cryptocurrency. Yet, and, and, and the Bitcoin price has been rising uh, over this year, definitely. Definitely, people have been buying Bitcoin. But I am starting to get the impression that it's not individuals on the retail level that are buying it as much as we might hope so. Uh, I think it's a lot of corporations, a lot of you know people in the financial know uh, financial institutions that are the ones that have gotten into Bitcoin during this bull run, and I I think a lot of when the, when. The, It's so obvious to me how big, how earth shattering this next decade is going to be in terms of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I mean, just that, you know, every every major corporation is going to have their own coin. That people, that individuals don't see this and aren't going to get into it. I think we're going to end up with a lot of disappointing individuals and a lot of people uh, pointing to us as the new one percenters. You know, the the, the individuals who got in on this. Do you think, um, who do you think has been buying it lately? Do you, I, I, do you get that same impression that I'm getting that it isn't uh, individuals? I don't think uh, the retail space is growing too much.
1: Um, I know I, I do. I do agree with that. Um, I believe that we're about to see one of the largest um, wealth redistributions that we've ever seen um, for decades. In fact, um, between people that have Bitcoin and people that don't have Bitcoin, um, I believe that. Uh, what we're about to see is really going to be, a, a, you know, and I've, I've started recently turning to um, creating live content almost every day. Yeah. Uh, to try and help people navigate some of these uh, these trends because I really do believe that if you're on the wrong side of this trend, you, you know, there is going to be a real big wealth redistribution. I think a lot of, um, you know, uh, corporations, entities, institutions have filled their boots with Bitcoin. They're extinguishing the supply out because they're all long-term hodlers, um, and so the supply of Bitcoin is just getting scarcer and scarcer and scarcer. And my fear is that the, the average retail person they're not going to they're not going to jump on board again until we hit twenty thousand, um, hit all new time highs and get the FOMO effect, which is always the way. You know, retail they're, they're always on the wrong side of the trends ninety percent of the time. That's just Bitcoin doesn't change that. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I I just hate to be one of those people that get caught on the wrong side of this and and don't have Bitcoin. It's, uh, it's going to be a real crying shame to see that, but majority of people aren't going to believe it until it's the point when everyone believes in it.
0: Remember everyone, check out the links below. You can follow Simon on Twitter and he is doing new shows a lot. I've been noticing them, retweeting them. Pound that like button for Simon, pound that like button for me that like button for all the uh, holders of Last Resort, and you just said something that's very interesting. But retail's on the uh, wrong side ninety percent of the time. <laughs> what was that you just said? It was a it, it was yeah. A- I mean,
1: so it was the rule of the, the stock market. So it goes back to my market making days. Um, retail is always wrong. 10 um, percent make money in the market, so at the expense of the ninety percent, and retail are always on the wrong side. Um, you know of the trend, and
0: that's the same with crypto. Yeah, but it's so, ob- well, it's so obvious to us. Um, this, I guess if you're watching this in 2025, it's probably obvious to you by now also. Uh, well, speaking about, you know, you were in the traditional finance at one point um, and, and, and you're now in the, wa- the world, the wacky world of the wild, wild west of crypto. Uh, there was just news that came out that, uh, well, Ledger X was going to be the first to launch physical Bitcoin futures and beat out... Uh, and beat out backed, But then the next day, CFTC says Ledger X not approved to launch physical Bitcoin futures. So it was fake news. We seem to get this a lot. Uh, A lot of people rushing uh, to break a story that's not even a story. So what's what's your take overall on uh, Ledger X and and backed, and uh, your overall take on the fake news that is just all around the, the cryptocurrency space?
1: yeah oops um so ledger x is an interesting one because it's been really behind the scenes since 2014 and i think it was just around the corner of being approved by cftc i remember the original funding round they did was just around the corner from being approved by cftc um and uh you know i, I was surprised to see a, a, a reemergence of ledger x because i thought it would have kind of just disappeared into quietness Um, but it was good to see that it came back but it looks like I mean I I know that uh, it's it's really challenging when you're dealing with regulators having been on that side of the process so when we were looking at changing laws around allowing people to invest online at Bank to the Future uh, we started in 2009 and we were almost about three months away from being authorized for four years Um, And, you know, I remember the the process going through, this was the UK regulators at the time. Um, We were actually authorized, we actually got the permission, and then the person that worked at the regulator left, and we had to start the process again almost six times. And so I do kind of empathize with, um, I've been in a situation where a regulator has given us the green light, and then the next day you get a, a conflicting and things. so there's probably more to this story, but I, I really empathize with that situation because we went through a three to four year time frame of every you know day thinking that we're three months away from launch. Uh, and it's really really you know a painful process. and I, I imagine LedgerX have been through that. not sure what specifically happened, whether LedgerX announced it or whether the regulators gave them information to believe that they could announce it. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a whoopsie and a bit of a PR disaster.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad you did it. You could add to that story there with your own experience. That is a very, very enlightening. Now I, I actually want to go back to you know, what we were talking about before with, with retail, not jumping back into Bitcoin until we reach an all time high. And it just, it boggles my mind that all the, the regular investors of this world are, regular joes out there they heard about the 19,600 high or 20,000 whatever they want to call it and they've got that number in their head and so they're not impressed at all by this you know five digit realm that we're in that you know bitcoin is around $10,000 it is such a shame that they do not have the perspective that there're all these people out there who uh, just don't think it's spectacular that Bitcoin is at $10,000, around $10,000. I mean, they, they have no, no memory of 2016 when it was in the three-digit realm. You know, it, would, it, and it was that last or the first day of 2017 is when it got to $1,000 again. And that, that an, if an all-time high is what it takes to get the 90% in the Bitcoin, <laughs> I mean, it just shows you why that we're always going to have this up. So-called wealth inequality out there. I, 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 I don't know. You, you, you've really, uh, you know, got got me thinking when you mentioned that specific thing that you don't think uh, that people are going to jump back in the Bitcoin till it, it, it hits uh, the all-time high again. It's uh, it's, it's, un- it's unbelievable to me that because uh, yeah. it, it, it again, I mean, we're in this little bubble of cryptocurrency fans, and it seems like I mean, we are pumped. Everyone is happy. There, are, there definitely is money coming in, but the more I think about it, it doesn't seem like there's that many new people that are coming in. As, as compared to, you know, during 2017, during the ICO thing, my lord, that was like, every day it was a, a new person, a new channel, a new this. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, I guess this is how bubbles happen. <laughs> I guess that's- really- Yeah, we go
1: through, you know, we go through cycles of, uh, of adoption. We'll go through it again, I'm almost certain. Um, And uh, I think the next one will be driven by a reallocation of assets from traditional markets to crypto. Um, I really see that as something that's coming around the corner. Um, And uh, retail will start getting on board that once it hits all new time highs. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, but you you also have to appreciate it, you know, in terms of if you were just in this for, um, you know, the ability to increase your wealth, then the game that you're playing is believing in something before everyone else believes in it because the day that everyone thinks that bitcoin is just this great thing that's not a ponzi scheme that's not a scam and it's not a currency just for drug dealers then bitcoin will probably become a real store of value at that point where it's stable and people use it like gold to preserve wealth rather than increase wealth but while it's in the speculative phase of being a you know, people are speculating on whether it can become a store of value, Then the opportunity for ultra-high profits exists from those that get the trend right. And so the day that everyone believes it is the day that, uh, you know, that there might not be opportunity for huge gains. Yeah. Um, and then it can become a medium of exchange and units of account at that point. But right now, you want the more, you know, it, if you're trying to accumulate, then the more people that don't believe in it, in something that I'm certain... Um, it's going to make a huge impact in the world. Then, you know, the
0: the the, the higher the return for as people come on board and discover it. Uh, how, you know, going back to the corporate coins, once they come along, that's going to be a lot of free marketing for cryptocurrency. Do you think that could wake people up? You know, once, once Facebook has a coin, once Amazon has a coin.
1: Yeah, I think uh, just having you know the fact that uh, Facebook's cryptocurrency will be driving lots of people in. Um, and uh, you have all these different services, these technologies that people are used to that have massive masses and masses of users. Um, and they'll start using it to be exposed to it for the first time. And then at some point they're going to be exposed to that chart of what happened to the Libra uh, cryptocurrency that's pegged to a basket of uh, dollars and euros and gold and all this stuff. Um, that's going through either you know, cycles of inflation, deflation, whatever it might be. Um, but then it's going to be priced against Bitcoin. And at some point, people are going to say, well, I'm using this money you know, to, to make expenses, but look what's happening to my savings. Um, and they're going to see those charts against those that saved in Bitcoin versus those that saved in um, Libra. And they're going to question whether they're making the right financial decisions.
0: Wow, those those that saved in Libra. What a world we're about to enter. Pound, that like button. Let's talk about the IRS letters. A lot of Americans were freaked out when they started to hear that they were going to get letters from the IRS. Uh, Do you think this is going to turn some former uh, people who were positive about cryptocurrency off? Could this uh, cut down on altcoin trading? Uh, You actually had a video that discussed uh, will this help define what Bitcoin is in terms of Bcash and BSV? Tell us your thoughts on all this. Yeah, so I,
1: I released a video after the um, IRS because tax and crypto is a very tricky situation. Um, I do appreciate the way the IRS went about this. They sent letters you know, stating, um, you know, it, we believe that you have cryptocurrency. And if you didn't file those tax returns, then this is a good opportunity to correct that mistake. Um, and really that's, uh, to me, I see that as an opportunity for you to try and correct your mistakes. Um, if you have made mistakes and the, the rules, I guess the main things, you know, this is, I'm not a tax advisor. I tried to give as best advice as I could. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just was going through all the different things you really need to consider, um, when putting together a tax strategy. But the key, the key to it is that if you were trading. Uh, then you are creating taxable events. And you are probably going to have to price those taxable events to the dollar and take the more frequently you were trading, the more price events you need to figure out. Um, And you will be, you know, it's treated as property. Um, And so therefore there will be gains and losses and you're really going to have to get, you know, a CPA and an expert to kind of help you with this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an opportunity to either, you know, you will, obviously in the U S there's only one way of getting out of the system that I know of is to relinquish citizenship, like uh, through a very lengthy process, or you look at the Puerto Rico strategy. Um, but yeah, you know, if you decide that where you want to live, if it's important that you live where you want to live, then you're going to have to adhere to those rules. And, you know, the IRS is going to be. Um, looking for the money grab. You know, they've got $22 trillion of debt that they're allegedly trying to pay off, and they're, about, they're saying that they run out of money in September. They're going to want as much tax as they, as they can, and cryptocurrency is, is a really big cash grab uh, for all the people that have made significant wealth converting their fiat to crypto, um, and all the gains of, uh, that, that have been accumulated across there. That's, that's something that they'll, they're going to invest significant resources into. What, 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 remember, what? you haven't charged, you don't pay tax yet.
0: What did you say? Excuse me, I didn't hear that last thing.
1: About- uh, well, if you haven't sold or you haven't traded, then you haven't created a taxable event yet. So you can then have the time to do some tax planning and figure out what you want to do. It's only when you know you, you've got a you've got a base where you accumulated cryptocurrency, and the more time that you traded it or you, you create more and more taxable events. So you know the sensible uh, you know approach of uh, just leaving it where it is. Um, and if it accumulates into significant wealth, then you can do some tax planning around that.
0: That's what I say to people. Do nothing. Just have a strong hand. Be the holder of last resort. I all, people always ask me, why didn't you trade it? Why didn't you sell it at the top? Well, here, this is, this is why we're, we're living it right now. Uh, if you just hold it, you're, you're in fine shape. Now, what, how did you relate BSV and Bcash to this in that video?
1: Well, there's a number of different schools of thought. Um, if you want to take the most conservative approach, then you received your Bitcoin cash for free and therefore one really conservative school of thought is pricing it at zero and then taking, if you converted it to Bitcoin, then you'd have to take the, uh, the dollar value of the Bitcoin you converted it to and then you'd have to pay a tax on those capital gains. Um, that's the most conservative approach. I believe that uh, there might be other people that, that, that believe that this could be considered a different way. But
0: this this is a tricky thing because there's no real guidance on this stuff. And so, How, yeah, there there's a there's a congressman from Minnesota who's working on clarifying uh, that that aspect of all of this. Uh, I, there was a story about this a few weeks ago. But uh, so, but do you you said in your video this is to help define what the real Bitcoin is. How did you? I, I I didn't uh, hear that part.
1: This, um, yeah, no, I mean, so this, this is, yeah, this is a, a, a I, I think I remember what I said. There's a lot of stuff I spontaneously come up with and don't remember <laughs> what it is. Um, but I guess this is where you really get the definition of Bitcoin because obviously some people are going to come along and say, well, no, uh, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin SV has been around since 2009 and it's the original Bitcoin. Well, ty- try telling that to your tax advisor when you file your tax returns. Um, and really, you know, the, the how you treat Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin um, is going to be really defined by the IRS probably. Um, and so they're, they're adding to the conversation and the debate around what is Bitcoin, because the tax treatment of these hard forks is really going to be leading to some kind of a decision on how you need to treat it legally for tax reasons and put an end to the debate about what is Bitcoin. Because if you're trying to argue that Bitcoin SV is Bitcoin and it's been around since 2009, then you've got to look at your tax treatment accordingly. Um, my guess is that they're going to take the date that the you know, Bitcoin SV was deposited to your wallet or you did something to, to gain your Bitcoin SV And they're going to determine that that is not bitcoin Uh, bitcoin is the thing that gave you the hot forms
0: exactly that's that's a good take on this a good you know who likes taxes but at least it will be a reminder of what what for the people that are still confused what the real bitcoin is that bitcoin is the next bitcoin pound that like button hey i've got a question uh litecoin having it's actually like in uh three days i mean do, did you even hear anyone mention it? <laughs> you see, back a few months ago or a year ago, people were like, oh, it's gonna be a big thing. And even I had hoped that it would wake up people to the Bitcoin having coming up. It doesn't seem like uh, that many people are talking about it or it's that big of a deal.
1: No, I mean, like, Litecoin has its main following in China um, because, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Lee is a huge celebrity within China and uh, his brother Paul Lee that created BTCC one of the first exchanges that got large volume in China. Um, and uh, it's, you know, Litecoin is something that um, miners in China really, really appreciate. It's got a large community in China, um, but it's, 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 I, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I don't have anything to say about Litecoin really. That seems,
0: like, that seems to be the big news around the Litecoin having, I've got nothing to say. That's, I mean, I same thing, uh, but I just, It'll be a different. It'll be a lot more people talking about the Bitcoin halving as, as we get closer to that. Yeah, but remember, the,
1: the, the halving traditionally um, has always been very disappointing on the day of the halving. Of course. And most of the effects tends to come in about six months prior to the halving. And then you tend to actually get disappointment and a, a correction during the actual halving. And then traditionally, that's been followed um, a few months later by a real, a real bull run in all the halvings I've seen anyway.
0: And I want to remind you, some people are going to say, well, but Litecoin has tripled in price since the beginning of the year. Well, wait a second. So is Bitcoin. You see, in terms of Bitcoin, Litecoin really hasn't gained very much at all since the beginning of the year. So yeah, one has to wonder. You can't
1: price it in, it, price it in dollars. With crypto, you need to be using Bitcoin as the base. And um, then you need to be determining how things are performing against Bitcoin. Because really, Bitcoin is, the, is, the, is where you could have had your money. And dollars is not really a fair comparison because, um, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to, you're trying if if you're playing the crypto speculation game, you're trying to outperform Bitcoin, you're not
0: trying to outperform dollars. Yeah, yeah you value your wealth in Bitcoin. And my point is that, um, Litecoin probably uh, did uh, went up in value because, well, Bitcoin went up in value, and a lot of the since the beginning of the year, a lot of the currencies, I don't think the Litecoin having is. Has pr- provided much uh, uh, momentum for the, the price change in Litecoin. Litecoin, you got to you
1: just got to ask yourself the question: Is where is the demand for Litecoin coming? You know, who who is using Litecoin, and where's the demand going to come from? And so when you're you know when there's a when you're halving, um, so yeah, you could reach to the stage where you're releasing, but the the whole economics of Bitcoin is designed around the concept that there is increasing demand in order to use it um, at the same time as the supply decreasing. It doesn't really matter if the demand for using it isn't going up, but then the, supplies, you know, the supply of new uh, Litecoin is halving uh, because there's still, you know, there's still not enough demand
0: to suck up all the Litecoin. There we go, simple supply and demand, people. Well, let's uh, talk, you mentioned India in one of your videos lately, uh, how they're doing it, everything wrong. Not a surprise. Uh, Do you wanna talk about that? (laughs)
1: Yes, so I mean, India has become the new China in terms of flip-flopping around around cryptocurrency. It's banned, it's not banned, it's banned, it's not banned, it's banned, it's not banned. Um, But India is like such an important economy in the world, like the second largest population in the world, a nation of people that truly are skeptical about the banking system and decided to opt out of banking and stay with cash. Um, India has a huge problem with tax collection, which is what has, has you know, triggered off their uh, their, their latest policies. Um, but, you know, Bitcoin is so perfect. I, I was really bullish on India and Bitcoin and invested in several companies in, in, in the area um, because, you know, it's a nation of people that are skeptical about banking. Um, they understand the value of savings, making generalizations, obviously, here. Um, they are the largest consumers of gold in the world they really you know have a, have a belief in the value of gold um, and so they're perfectly positioned um, to actually accept Bitcoin plus there are a large population of freelancers that work for international companies that find it very hard to you know get paid in their local currency and so therefore a currency like they truly understand the, the challenges around you know uh, pricing your service in one country, but receive, needing to spend it in another, and all the challenges around that. So they're they're very used to some of the challenges that are faced around um, with Bitcoin. But what India has chosen to do is that they're you know driving trying to trying to compete, well, trying to make sure that Bitcoin doesn't succeed um, defensively uh, in their country. Um, I think it was a reaction, the ban on cryptocurrency or the, the proposal. They came out and said it's not a ban. The proposal for a ban um, was in reaction to Facebook's uh, Libra because Libra, when they first came out, they said they wanted to target WhatsApp in India. Um, and so they really realized oh, you know, the US is going to have data on all of India's people through WhatsApp. Um, And so they didn't want the US to have all that data. So they defensively tried to create a cryptocurrency ban and take their policies to the next level. But they're driving all of the people um, to putting their cash into the banking system and they're forcing them to get into banking. And that's driving a movement away from a savings-based economy to a debt-based economy. So they're following the Western model um, and they're going, they're leveraging up, they're making uh, bank deposits trying to make bank deposits the primary currency um, because they want to do tax collection, obviously. Um, But this is driving a savings-based economy into a debt-based economy um, by using the banking system when really if they wanted to achieve a similar result, they can just create a digital version of uh, their currency um, and, uh, you know, automate tax collection through the blockchain and and all the things that uh, they probably would be doing rather than driving people into debt through the banking system when they could be leapfrogging um, and also supporting uh, you know, the, 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 the growth of Bitcoin as well as an alternative savings uh, thing to, to gold.
0: Well, India's a basket case. Hopefully, <laughs> it's a shame, it's a shame because it does have, it's the second largest population, it'll be the largest population on earth one of these days probably. Um, we shall see, I, I really do hope for the people that it gets easier for them to, to at least hear about it and get into it. And yeah, Libra was, Libra still says it's targeting developing nations, by
1: the way. So uh, we'll, Yeah. We'll, and another, another thing to add to the conversation is there was, as with China when they did the exchange ban, there was an incredible amount of scams. Um, I remember during the IC, ICO boom in China, there was 10 projects where I was listed as um, the, 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 an advisor, projects I'd never heard of, never had any connection to. Somebody did a, an ICO for Bank to the Future in China and it wasn't us, um, but the same was happening in India. There's an incredible amount of Ponzi schemes um, you know, with cryptocurrency, that, and, and, and in India, you know, a lot of people were being really, really uh, tripped by these uh, you know, really uh, nasty uh, Ponzi schemes and MLM schemes and all sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing, people. That's why you don't really diversify for the sake of diversification because you don't know what the heck you're diversifying into. Stick with the real thing, Bitcoin. Don't get... MLMs, uh, I mean, we've been here about MLMs since uh, 2013, actually, uh, stands in Africa all over and, and they're not going away anytime soon. It is the Wild Wild West people. Uh, yeah, if you see... <laughs> that's just... I mean, they have no shame to use your face, think- your name on all sorts of ICOs. It'll happen again. They're going to... They, they do it with all the faces and names out there. It'll probably be worse, uh, can, counterfeiting. Anyway, okay, so let's, uh, let, we're at the end of the show here. Uh, your, your things that were left out, you want to mention anything you want to talk about that's going on with you. Obviously, you said you're, you're putting out a lot of content lately, which is really an awesome thing, really great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just decided to take, take the time out to try and educate people. I've got, there's no agenda in it. Um, it's just simply trying to help people navigate. Um, you know, I, 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 a thought that came to mind the other day is that um, we all, although we might not want to be speculators, like we might just want to sit and, um, we, we are all driven to speculation, uh, whether we choose to it or not. And one thing is that um, we are all going to have to make a decision about whether we take on debt, whether we save money, whether we put money into real estate, whether we um, hold money in Bitcoin, and all, or we just hold it at a bank, or whether we rely upon our pension and our insurance contributions. And all of these decisions are really speculative decisions that everybody needs to make. But most people are just giving that to someone else to make that decision, or they're just they're just um, you know saving in a country a currency that they were told that they need to save in, or they're just taking on debt in a currency. And these are all decisions that people are making in everyday life. And I think um, the reason I started to want to to give more content is I just want people to be, become more conscious and aware of the speculative decisions that they're making in their everyday life that they may not be aware of, um, and just really give a commentary as all of these different stuff are happening. I've I've never seen a you know I've never been involved in anything that moves so fast as this industry and at the same time you know countries around the world are experiencing some really really um, challenging things that so is it's, it's the whole world is an experiment we've never been in before uh, this is all uncharted uncharted territory um, and if I can uh, give some information that helps people make their own better decisions uh, then I just decided to just carve out some time each day to create some content on the latest things that are happening with no real agenda other than um, helping people find out and make better decisions.
0: Well, thank you for doing that, Simon. Thank you for being on the show. Uncharted territory, people. That's the kind of term that gets me excited. I want to be in uncharted territory. I want to be in an industry where you don't know what's going to happen next, where it's a a brave, well, not a brave, a new world, a new world. This is a golden age we're living in with so much opportunity. So be in motion like Simon Dixon. Pound that like button. Simon, thank you very much. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Check out Simon's links below. Follow him on Twitter. He posts all his media there. Bank to the future, all of that. You can follow him there. It's linked to below. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Subscribe to the channel, like this video, share this video, pound that like button, bang that bell button. I do this show every Friday. This is the This Week short Bitcoin show. Every other day of the week, there's a new show here. So a new show here every day. Everybody, have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Simon. Bye-bye, y'all. See ya.